This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPNU, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. Of course, so much of our conversation the last two days has been about Aaron Rodgers and joining us now, former New York Jets quarterback amongst many other teams, including Tampa, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas, New England, Carolina. It is Vinny Testaverde. Vinny, let's have you weigh in on one thing before we get into Rodgers. Who does Vinny Testaverde consider more of a football player? A guy who played high school quarterback or a guy who played in the NFL as a punter slash kicker? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, first of all, good morning, everyone. How, morning. how are we doing? <laughs> doing well. Well, depending on your answer, doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll go for the NFL guy. Really? A little bit tougher. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody's debating that one, but more <laughs> of a football player, you think it's, it's still the NFL guy as a punter slash kicker? Absolutely, yeah. It, it, you know what? The NFL is a whole other animal. Uh, high school's great, but uh, you get to that NFL level, everybody's at their best. Vinny, I respectfully disagree as another player that played for Bill Parcells. When I was going through those tour days, <laughs> I just remember the specialists, the kickers, the punters, the long snappers going to play golf in between two-a-day practices. And that's what shaped my opinion on kickers not being football players. That moment where I got to go to sleep because I know I got an afternoon practice that's going to kill me, <laughs> and those guys are going to play golf. I'm just saying, well, that, that, was, that was the one that was, that was hard, for me to, hard for me to process. Just yeah, so. well, it was hard for us, too, you know, quarterbacks, to, to watch them go off to the other field and kind of sit down and relax and go do their, you know, <laughs> golfing when they wanted. But I will say this, you know, game day, when it's the last play of the game and they have to make that kick to win the game, it's a lot of pressure. and that, That's that's a lot different than high school ball. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, when, that, that's that. when they're yeah. a teammate, Vinny. That, you know, you're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. You're a teammate when we need you to make that kick at the end of the that's game right. to right. give us the yeah. win. But talking about things that are hard to watch, it was hard to watch what happened to Aaron Rodgers on Monday night. Four snaps into his career as a New York Jet, he tears his Achilles. You're a player that had to deal with an Achilles injury once upon a time in your career. Give us a little bit of insight on what that process was like for you in terms of being able to get back and return to sport. Yeah, so first of all, you know, the, the expectations of the team this year were obviously high, Super Bowl expectations. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming to New York, the fans were excited, and then four plays in, he snaps his Achilles, and his season's over. And it, and it feels like, you know, to everybody that the season's done. You know, there, there's no more Super Bowl aspirations, playoff aspirations, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I was in the same situation uh, back in 98 or 99, we had just finished the season in 98. We lost at the AFC championship game. So everyone was talking about us going to the Super Bowl the next season. And a few plays in or a few quarters in uh, in the 99 season, I, I ruptured my Achilles and I was done for the year. And, you know, the expectations were just, you know, got got deflated. So, um, But uh, different teams, you know, uh, from my team back then to, to the team now. Um, obviously Aaron's going to recover. I think he'll be back at a hundred percent. He won't be able to do certain things, but he'll be able to play the, the quarterback position at a very, very high level as we expect him to do. Um, but as far as the team goes, they have a great defense. Uh, they have a young quarterback in Zach Wilson that got to spend a, five or six weeks with Aaron Rodgers in training camp and see how it's supposed to be done the right way. If you go back a year ago and watch Zach Wilson, he was having trouble completing little wide receiver screens. He wasn't, he didn't have that confidence. 
But watching him Monday night, stepping in in those circumstances, running the team the way he did, making some of the throws that he did, I was I was impressed with uh, how he's grown as a quarterback and as a player. And I think if this great defense that we have right now can keep us in ball games for the next three or four weeks and give Zach a chance to get used to this new offense, be around those uh, starters uh, for a few games, I think uh, this team is going to surprise a lot of people in, in what's transpired in the last few days. Vinny, I want to go back to that exact moment. I know you were at the game. I believe you were in a suite with Jets owner Woody Johnson at the time. Four plays in, you see what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Take me through what you were thinking in that exact moment and what the sentiment was from those around you. Yeah, I was actually right uh, next to Woody. Uh, uh, we we both obviously witnessed and watched what happened, and we were both disappointed. We didn't say a word to each other. We were just in shock. Uh, just brought back a lot of bad memories for me personally from what I I went through back in 98, 99. Um, but, uh, you know, the team obviously uh, responded well, and that's the main thing. That's the one good thing to see. Uh, but, uh, you know, to just see Aaron play for four plays after all those expectations is very disappointing. Todd Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, joined by Vinny Testaverde, former NFL quarterback at the Jets game, former Jets quarterback on a Monday night. You said Aaron will come back. He just won't be able to do everything that he did previously. Can you be more specific, Vinny? When he comes back, what will he not be able to do? Sure. Well, you know, first of all, with the rehab he's going to go through is is pretty tedious. Uh, you know, it's just an everyday, all-day thing. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything too tough. Uh, you know, at times uh, early on through his, his rehab, he's going to probably feel like, uh, hey, I might not want to push this so hard. It feels like, you know, I might rupture again, but it won't. Uh, you know, I went through that, uh, but six months from now, he's going to be at a hundred percent. I don't really know what the, um, the surgery is like now opposed to 23 or four years ago when I did mine or the rehab is, but, um, I, I just know today and six months after my surgery, I felt pretty good. The only things I couldn't do was, uh, I couldn't jump as high cause I, you know, I, I did my left Achilles as well. So I, I jumped off my left leg. If I was playing basketball or something like that, can't jump as high coming out of the blocks. I couldn't get to my top speed as fast, but once uh, he recovers from this surgery, he'll, he'll be able to throw the football like he always uh, threw it and he won't have any issues with it. Um, Well, the one good thing I will say is if you're going to do have an injury for a quarterback, it's better to have it on your left leg than your right because of the drop back and the push up, the push off from your back foot. Uh, he'll he'll be pushing off his right foot, which he'll have 100% strength in uh, from um, it being the healthy leg. So all those things play to his favor. And I I was listening to you guys as we were coming on. I certainly hope he comes back. And uh, if he does, I, I, I'm calling it now. He'll be player uh, comeback player of the year. I love that, Vinny. And you're providing such great insight into this injury. You mentioned how the rehab is so tedious, and you gave great detail as to what Aaron Rodgers can expect from a physical standpoint. Tell me about the mental side of this rehab. What can he expect from that? Yeah, that, that's going to be the tough part uh, early on, um, just kind of you know, going through this process and just feeling 100% confident that when he has to go push off of that leg, that left leg to go run, that it's not going to pop on him. And once he does that a few times, you know, over a period of a month or so, when he's back with the guys running and training, he's going to get that confidence back and he'll be fine mentally. Um, 
you know, the, the other tough part's going to be just being around the guys in the building. Um, the, the best way I handled it was I, I was trying to be more of a coach than a player at that time, trying to help the guys around me to become better players, to help the team win, and it keeps your mind on everything but the Achilles, which is a good thing. So, Vinny, spinning this thing forward with the Jets rallying around Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback, what's, what's the ceiling on this Jets team? Are they a team that can have a winning record? Is this a team that can be in the wild card mix? Is this a team that can contend for the division? Where do you have the Jets as a team now that they have to move forward with Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers? Well, you know, that's a great question, Chris. Uh, I, I really expect them to be in the playoffs. At, at what seed, I don't know. That's going to be up to, obviously, how they perform, how Zach Wilson performs early on. Uh, because if, if Zach needs that three- or four-week period to, to get caught up to speed with the offense, if he can feel more comfortable with it, uh, and, they, and if they drop a couple of games, you know, we have some good teams in this division. Uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins look really good. Right now, obviously, you know, Buffalo had a tough night, but they're still a very good football team. Um, you know, we, we, and we don't know what the, the, the Patriots are going to do yet, but, uh, you know, they're bouncing back from a tough year. Um, that, that being said, I think they're a playoff team. I think, like I said earlier, if this defense can, can uh, keep playing like they're doing and keep them in the Jets in the games, Zach will come around. I, I liked a lot of the things I saw him do on Monday night. He made some great throws. Uh, you know, he moved around the pocket. He got rid of the ball when he should have. Um, you know, there was a one interception. I, I think he just lost track of the linebacker because he threw it right to him. Obviously, as a quarterback, you know, you drop back in the pocket. Sometimes you don't see where you're throwing. You're anticipating. Those things happen. So he'll learn from that, and uh, he'll move on, and the team will get better because of it. Vinny, we are almost 25 years removed from your injury that you refer to, right? The one at the first game of the season after you guys go to the AFC Championship game. Does it still hurt you mentally and emotionally? Uh, you're talking about the injury or the, the game? The injury. <laughs> the fact that after getting that close to a Super Bowl, you didn't really have a chance to run it back. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I really look back to the year before where we were, you know, 30 minutes away from going. Uh, had we uh, had not had a couple of uh, easy uh, or some mistakes in that ball game, uh, you know, it was a very windy game. We, we dropped a, a kickoff. Uh, we blew a coverage. We uh, had some, you know, a couple of plays on offense that uh, could have went our way. But um, yeah, so uh, I look back to the, the year before in that, that AFC Championship game, opposed to uh, the Achilles injury, because I don't know that we were as good in '99 as we were in '98. Well, let me finish with this because we've heard Vinny Testaverde and we've heard your dog, which is I have to follow up on that. So, what kind of dog do you have? What is the name of the dog? And is Vinny Testaverde responsible for the care of his dog in his home? Well, um, to answer your questions, it, it's a Wiesler. His name is Duke. It's not my dog. It's my son's. And yes, I'm responsible somehow for this dog. <laughs> Wait a second. It's your son's dog and you're responsible? Why? Uh, yeah. Th th you know, I ask that same question every morning when I got to wake up and take him out for a, a walk. Vinny, well, we appreciate the insight. We're sorry that you now are a grandpa of a dog, but you have to now deal with that. And obviously, um, thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully I'll have you on soon again here, Vinny. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, there is Vinny Testaverde, obviously, joining us here to talk about the Aaron Rodgers injury. He was in the suite the other night with Woody Johnson, which, by the way, we should note, 
iced out Woody Johnson. Yeah. How did we feel about the chain that Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, was wearing? Oh, I'm all about it. I saw it in Hard Knocks when they gave him the chain. I, I mean, I'm all for Woody Johnson rocking the Sauce Gardner, Aaron Rodgers chain, and and maybe that happens to be their good luck charm. We'll see what happens. How would that be when they just lost their quarterback? Well, I mean, they won the game. That's we'll true. They won the game. They That's did true. Win the game. That is all, true. Against all odds. So mm. we'll see what happens. All right, coming up, Canty proves how much he dislikes your favorite NFL team. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, we are going to give you Canty's NFL Power Rankings. It is Unsportsmanlike with Evan, Canty, and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Just to update you on one thing, we have put out there our Power Rankings, or we're about to put out our Power Rankings, also our Flower Rankings, the Wednesday morning Flower Rankings at Evco Radio on Twitter. Rose, 63.1% peony. Peonies. Peony, 36.9. Many responses, better flower, people are saying Zay. So Zay flowers yeah. of the Baltimore Ravens nice. may Amazing be debut. the best flowers. So that's what Smalls and I are going to give you. CeCe's going to give you his NFL power rankings. Absolutely. Let's get this thing kicked off. Before we jump into this week's power rankings, just to revisit last week's power rankings, week one, Kansas City Chiefs were checking in at number one. The Eagles were two. Ravens three. Cincinnati Bengals four. And then, of course, the San Francisco 49ers were fifth. So let's get it started with number five from the week two power rankings. Number five. That would be the Dallas Cowboys. Hard to ignore the dominant performance that that defense had. Two scores on defense and special teams in the first quarter on the way to the largest blowout win and to open the season in club history. Overall, seven sacks, 23 pressures on Daniel Jones. Again, still have questions about Dak and Mike McCarthy, but with the defense playing at that level, I don't know that it's going to matter. Guys, you know when I'm watching football, I'm rooting for me to be right and I had the Cowboys on the outside looking into the playoffs, I'm not feeling great about that prediction coming into this season based on how good that defense was. You really I haven't did. noticed that you root for that. <laughs> You've hit that well. Well, it's a, it's a bit now. For, for, I'm aware. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit now. Uh, you were hard on the Dallas Cowboys. You said they're, they're not making the playoffs. You didn't, see, you didn't trust the head coach quarterback combo. Do you, do you trust the head coach quarterback combo? No, I combo? don't. Exactly. I do. So that's I not do. exactly something that's going to invoke confidence in them making it to both You know why I do? And What's people up? fight this. But Mike McCarthy's been successful with every quarterback he's ever coached. He has been. It's not so much about Mike McCarthy as it is about Dak and the turnovers. Mike McCarthy has had the same career as Sean Payton. People look at Sean Payton differently than they look at Mike McCarthy. 
I don't know why. I don't know if it's Sean Payton presents himself better than Mike McCarthy does, and Mike McCarthy's kind of old-school football coach. But if you look well, at their I numbers, th- th- yeah, it's the same. You might want to look at their numbers, but they certainly didn't step into the same situation with franchises. Remember, Sean Payton had to resurrect the New Orleans Saints post-Hurricane Katrina. That was not the cards for Mike McCarthy and Green Understood. Bay. Yeah, there we go. All right, so number four. Number four. Kansas City Chiefs. I had to knock them down a peg because they lost to the Detroit Lions in the season opener, but that's not representative of who the Kansas City Chiefs are. They didn't have two of their top three players. Guess what? Chris Jones is going to be back. Worked out the contract. Travis Kelsey, I guess with his new girlfriend, Taylor Swift, he's going to be back (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. But here's the thing. The understated part because of the loss that the Chiefs suffered is how many young defensive players they have that can be impact guys. We saw Trent McDuffie, a first-round pick from two years ago, cornerback step up and have a red zone fumble that he forced in the second quarter of that ball game. But overall, you look at the two defensive ends that they had drafted back-to-back years in the first round. This Kansas City Chiefs team is going to be a lot better later on in the season than they are right now because of the improvement in the growth that you're going to see from Steve Spagnola's team, that unit, with all those young guys being able to gain experience playing in the regular season this year. This is my favorite pick of yours, and the reason why is because it's not an overreaction. I think that people taking Kansas City out of their top five because of one loss to the Detroit Lions, who are a pretty good team, would yeah. be ridiculous. Without yeah. Chris Jones I mean, and Travis Kelsey. The Lions are a team that yeah. are favored to win their division. Right. So if you don't have two of your top three players and you're going up against a team that's favored to win their division – you're probably going to have a hard time winning. And here's the thing. The Lions have a really explosive offense, a really good offensive line. The Chiefs team held them 21 points. Like, they held them. So, I just I think we, we overreact, and we want to get ahead of the curve in predicting the demise of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Sorry, haters. They ain't going nowhere anytime soon. But if they lose to the Jaguars in week two, are they out of the top five? They'd probably be, be out of the top five, but, I mean, I still would have them favored to win the AFC. Right, I they could be out of the top five for week two going yeah, into week three, say, and then yeah. you say, There's all right. There's no way. Yeah, if I had to put money on the Jags or the Kansas City Chiefs to get to the conference championship game, I'm still going to put money on the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs because they've hosted the conference championship game five consecutive years. You can even go further than that. You could say they go on to put a dollar on somebody winning the Super Bowl. You're still going to put a dollar yeah. on the Chiefs. No doubt correct. about it. All no right, keeping it pushing on the, on the power rankings. Number three. Number three. The Miami Dolphins. Smalls and I are on the same page. The most explosive offense in the NFL when two was healthy. They averaged 8.2 yards per play in week one. Tyreek Hill caught five passes of 15 air yards or more. Defenses can't play them in man coverage because of their team speed, and they can't play them in zone because of Tua's anticipation and his accuracy. Miami has a ways to go on the defensive side of the ball, but they have all the tools, all of the talent. And I can't imagine that there are going to be many Sundays where people hang 34 points on a Vic Fangio coached unit. I think it all ends this week for you with the Dolphins and the love affair. And then all of a sudden they're going to face a defense that's a little bit better than San Diego or okay. the Chargers defense. Okay, when Tua puts up 400 yards this Tua's week. Tua's always great against the when, Pats. When, it has when, to end when, at some when, point. When Tua puts up 400 yards, I said that about the Giants and the Cowboys, and that didn't work out on Sunday night. So go, good luck with that one. By the way, those five passes of at least 15 air yards that you mentioned between yep. he and Tyreek Hill, four of those five came on drives that ended in points. There we go. So here you go. Number two. Number two. The Philadelphia Eagles, good, not great start to the season against a top 10 defense from a year ago in the New England Patriots. The secondary continues to be an area 
of a concern. I'm just going to say this. Reed Blankenship doesn't necessarily invoke a lot of confidence. He's good. Playing safety. Yeah, you say he's Undrafted good. Undrafted guy, but he's yeah, good. Yeah, you say he's great, but it's not C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So no. I'll, I'll say that. So I think there's an area that they're going to look to improve. But the secondary might not matter if the defensive front plays the way that they did on Sunday, and namely Jalen Carter. I can't believe I'm saying the defensive front for the Philadelphia Eagles is being led by a rookie, but this is not an ordinary rookie. This dude had a sack, but most importantly had eight pressures on 34 pass rush snaps. I don't think it's going to be long before we're talking about Jalen Carter being one of the best defensive tackles in the National Football League. That's how good the Philadelphia Eagles' defensive front can be. That's how good they are at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that's why they're checking in at number two on my power rankings. But there can only be one number one. Number one. And that would be the San Francisco 49ers, the most complete performance by any team in week one, offense, defense, and special teams. The biggest questions of the year was the health of Brock Purdy, the Nikki Bosa holdout, and how were they going to replace Mike McGlinchey along the offensive line. They pretty much checked all of those boxes in an emphatic way by handing Mike Tomlin the most one-sided opening loss at home that he's ever had in his 16-year tenure as the head coach. And probably the most impressive part about the 49ers win was that they had 24 pressures on Kenny Pickett. That was the most in the NFL, more than the Dallas Cowboys, more than anybody else. 24 pressures on Kenny Pickett. Nikki Bosa only had one of those pressures. And they had the fourth lowest blitz rate in week one in the National Football League. San Francisco is going to have something to say about the NFC and about the Super Bowl. That's how good this team is. It just might be their year. And they have cap space. And they have cap space. I mean, that is a sneaky part of this whole thing. Yeah. That they actually have room to get better this season. And you know they're going to add. We saw them add at the deadline last year with Christian McCaffrey. Then they reeled off, what, 10 straight wins? Yeah. On their way to the conference championship game, something like that. So, I mean, again, San Francisco is going to be a scary Scary outfit. So, Smalls, when I do these lists, you're my accountability partner. Okay, I got you. So, do we have any omissions, any objections? No, I don't think so. I think it's a, a pretty sound list. Okay. I love that you included the Dallas Cowboys because you were down on them. That was I, very big of me. After that said. performance, how yeah. could you not, though? Yeah. I didn't want to because I, I like to be right. I'm just looking up and down. The, like, I'm thinking about a fan base. And what fan base is listening to this saying, hey, how come we're not in there? And I'll give you two. Jacksonville. Sure. And Cleveland. I was going to say Cleveland, too. I think those are the two fan bases that could look at this and say, we should be in the mix here on the power rank. Well, Jacksonville, if you are who you think you are, then prove it this week. I mean, you don't get any credit for beating the Indianapolis Colts who rolled out a rookie quarterback in week one. I'm not giving you credit for that. Even though that was a one-possession ball game late in the third quarter, it took uh, Zay Jones making an acrobatic catch for them to take control of that game and and still – you felt like Anthony Richardson for the first three quarters was going blow for blow with Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. If you want credit, if you want to get in the top five of my power rankings, prove it this weekend. So we have two guys in the NFL named Zay, I just realized. Zay yeah. Jones, Zay Fl- Is Zay now a popular name? It's a cool name. It is a cool name. Would you name a kid Zay? I think I, w- I think that's a pretty cool name. Yeah, I like cool the name, name. Zay. Yeah, yeah. Zay's a cool name. Yeah. Think about that, Smalls and Kenny. Just down the line. Okay. Just throwing okay. that out there. Zay Smallman? You act like I'm going to have something to say about what my kids are going to be named. You can 
to vote, right? Sunday brunch ending at 1258. You're married, so you already know how this goes. I'm, yeah, I'm a lot longer and deeper into this than you are 12 years point. in, right? But at yeah. least I already understand, like, there's not going to be a whole lot of things that I have say. You know what I have say for? What the show is going to be in our production meeting. That's about the extent. Oh, I haven't noticed. That's about, <laughs> the, that's about the extent of the say that I have in my day-to-day life. Okay, so do you guys already have the list? Yes, we have the list. Everybody's got the, the list of we names the list. that they like. We have the list. And you're cool with the list. I'm cool with the list. I like it. I'm all cool with the list. Zay Kenny will join us next <laughs> on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Just kick it. (laughs) Just kick it. Kickers aren't football players, though. I don't care how many cool rejoins Javante brings us in with. Kickers aren't football players. Well, then make the declarative statement. I don't care that Pat McAfee works for the, for the ESPN. He's with the company now. Kickers aren't football players. They can be cool people. Punters are people too, CC. Pun- punters and kickers are not football players. They can be really cool people. They can be great football analysts, but they are not football players. The fact that Thomas Moore stayed at halftime when the franchise quarterback, well, the guy that they were hoping to be the savior of the franchise and Aaron Rodgers goes down in the first half, the fact that he wasn't in the locker room in halftime to listen to the coaching staff, to hear all the adjustments that needed to be made, to get the the whole rah-rah vibe going on to try to rally and win, that just shows you that kickers aren't football players. I need the declarative statement. I would like you to I'm say. Gi- you, I'm no. giving it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm no. giving the declarative oh, statement. Oh, no. Here we go. What's up? I would like you to say that I was more of a football player playing oh, in high school than an NFL kicker or punter. Well, I didn't see you play in high school. Well, we have a picture. We don't. Of me we in don't have. We don't have. We don't somewhere. have the footage. Let's see it. We, we don't have, have the footage. I need the footage. It? I need the footage. I got to talk to my dad. My dad likes. Do, do we have a VHS? Do we have a VHS floating around there somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I, we got to find that. Yeah. By the way, one quick thing before we get back to Rodgers. I thought it was an amazing tweet yesterday by the GOAT, Serena Williams. Did you see her tweet yesterday? Random tweet. She tweeted out, eight is a better number. And what she's referring to is Simona Halep, who is a women's tennis player, was suspended for four years for doping. And she beat Serena in a Wimbledon final in 2019 in straight sets. That would have been Serena's eighth Wimbledon championship. Wow. That's... 
She that went a little so shady. By which one, Halep or Serena? Halep. That's so shady. Right, but so Serena's like, "Hey, I want that back." And as my eight's a better number, because she tweeted that I'm like, "Was it a Kobe reference? Was it about Rogers? I couldn't figure out initially yeah, what it was." I'm like, "Oh, that's about that." You can't get that back, though. I mean, if you're gonna get that back, then the St. Louis Rams want their championship back for losing. All right, to so the- Rogers. Uh, that's the right. They burned the tapes, yeah, Evan. Exactly. They burned like, the tapes. Well, Roger Goodell will be here today, uh, going oh, on first take. I would take, love so to have an audience. I would love to have an audience with Roger Goodell. I have some questions for that man. So I have a question for you guys. Yes. What up? Aaron Rodgers is out for the season, torn Achilles. He's going to be 40 years old in December, okay? Zach Wilson has proven to not be a great quarterback in the NFL. Could the New York Jets do to Rodgers exactly what the Packers did? Could they draft a quarterback in the first round this upcoming year? I don't think Rodgers' presence should preclude them from doing that because Rodgers, even if he comes back, is a short-term answer to a long-term issue that the Jets have had, right? Yes. They've been cycling through quarterbacks. They've been drafting guys in the top ten since I can remember, from Mark Sanchez to Sam Darnold, the latest being Zach Wilson. I mean, at some point you have to acknowledge as a franchise that there are just some things that you don't do well, and developing quarterbacks is not one of them. Now, I think it remains to be seen on whether or not Zach Wilson can be a solid NFL quarterback. He's only 23 games into his NFL career. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think the impetus for the Jets to go out and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers is that they wanted to capitalize on this window that they had with a core of players, specifically a defensive core of players, that was good enough to win a title. Now that you're giving away one of those years, you have to wonder whether or not the version of Aaron Rodgers that comes back is going to allow you to contend at that level. And based on the age and the nature of the injury, I have serious doubts that that's going to be possible, which is why I would entertain drafting a quarterback. Or I would entertain trading for a quarterback that might be available that's still on the younger side of his career. Like, I keep throwing out the idea of Kyler Murray because the Arizona Cardinals are believed to be a team that's not going to be very good. Mm -hmm. They'll be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Why wouldn't you consider a guy that like Kyler Murray that's 26 years old, that's already under contract, a team has already paid out the hefty signing bonus, he's already taken a team to the playoffs? Why wouldn't you consider a dude like that? It just seems to make sense. It, it, it's a guy that allows you to contend while still having a long enough runway you know, where you're going to have competent quarterback play for the investment that you would make. So quick question on that then. Let's pretend money is equal. Money doesn't matter with this, right? And let's pretend everybody's healthy. What both teams do, who says no? Kyler Murray for Zach Wilson right now. Oh, oh, Arizona says no. Arizona says yes in two seconds, in my opinion. Why? Because you get rid of the contract. And Zach Wilson's there, and if he's good, he's your guy. And if not, you're still going to finish can the get top more, two But you can get more for Kyler Murray than Zach Wilson. I don't know that you can. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, you can. You can get more for Kyler Murray than Zach Wilson, yes. There's going to be some that's, team that's going to be more desperate yeah, than the Jets Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. Some, some, some team is going to give a premium pick for Kyler Murray. It might not be a one, but certainly a two for Kyler Murray. We'll yeah, see what I, happens. I don't see it. I don't see it. Now, what about Rodgers in terms of sticking around, Smalls? I think he absolutely needs to stick around. If he wants to come back next season, I know right now he is probably heartbroken. I can't even imagine mentally where he's at right now. He put everything he had physically, mentally, emotionally into this team, and he was ready to go. And to have that taken from him so brutally in such a short period of time is very, very unfair. But if he wants to come back next season and give – this team another shot at winning a Super Bowl with him under center. He's got to be there. He can't let every piece of goodwill that he's generated this offseason, this preseason evaporate. And I, I don't 
I also think it's important for him to be there for Zach Wilson and yeah. be a sounding board and continue to mentor him. That's only going to make Zach Wilson better. And I think the vibe of the Jets has been so different with Aaron Rodgers. He was out there for four snaps, and he has changed the culture in so many ways. Think about the way that we're viewing the New York Jets just because he was even in the building. He has done a lot, and I think he needs to continue to compound that by showing up. It might take him a while to get there because, again, I don't know what he's going through from a mental standpoint, but I think it would say a lot about the culture of this team and Aaron Rodgers as a person and a player if he's out there with his teammates this season. So let me ask you important, though. I was just going to say one thing. The mental part of this... Because I think about you have the worst thing that's going to happen to you, non-life or death. You, most people, if you're human, and like you've mentioned it before, CeCe, I think people look at you as 99 and not Canty, right? Sure. When you played. Mm-hmm. And I think people look at him as 8 and not Aaron Rodgers. This has to be horrific for him mentally. Oh. There may be a, a month, a week, two weeks where he needs to get away and then come back, and I'm not going to rip him for that. No, I disagree with that completely. I mean, as a former player, I can tell you when you're dealing with this injury, the last thing you need is isolation. Yeah. So being around your teammates can actually be a good thing because you can be productive. So not only are you dealing with the best medical professionals in the world because they're all here in New York City. I mean, you're going to get the Jets training staff, but also the doctors at a hospital for special surgery, so on and so forth. But you're also going to have an opportunity to be around your guys. Yeah. Like, that's what makes the NFL workplace unique and different from other workplaces. You're around your friends. So being able to be a part of a team, even though you're not playing, while you're going through this arduous rehab – is 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 something that can help in terms of dealing with the mental anguish and the disappointment from not being able to be out there after you've invested so much in this upcoming season. So to me, it makes sense on a lot of different levels for Aaron Rodgers to stay around, but chiefly among them is what you said. If he plans on playing for the New York Jets in 2024 – then he's still got to be the consummate teammate while they go through the season in 2023, even though he can't be on the field. And I expect that from him. After what we saw this offseason, this preseason, what we saw on Hard Knocks, don't you expect him to be right there? Once he feels ready, don't you expect to see him sitting next to Zach Wilson, helping him dissect plays, pointing things out to him? I picture him on the sidelines every single game. No doubt. I want to throw this quick hypothetical out to you. If he's there mentoring Zach Wilson and Zach moves closer to living up to the promise of being the second overall pick from a couple of years ago, the Jets get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. What do they do in terms of how they move forward at the quarterback position? Is it Zach Wilson's team at that point? Or are they going to run it back with Aaron Rodgers in 2024? That is a great question. So what they probably would have to do is take a Zach Wilson gap year is that Rodgers is the quarterback next year, and then Wilson's the quarterback the year after. What's odd about that is then you have to pick up an option for two years from now and tell Rodgers, this is your last year. We are going to give you one year, but it's your last year. That is an amazing problem to have, but I don't know. I mean, you roll your eyes. How else do you do it? Right? You're just going to roll it, run it back with Zach Wilson? No, I mean, I'm just saying Zach Wilson would have, in effect, been your quarterback for 17 games, and you made it to the playoffs. Right. And this is a guy that's, what, 24 years old? Yeah, the 24. Giants in 91 so, so, gave it back to Sims, right, after Hostetler won the yeah, Super Bowl, it ended right? Up, it ended up being Sims again. But Sims wasn't – I mean, Hostetler wasn't the second overall pick. No, no, I know that. But I'm yeah. just saying we've seen examples of, like, the fill-in doing well and then the starter getting the job. And now, obviously, in New England, Brady got the job and Bledsoe ended up in, in Buffalo. But yeah. this is a different story. Listen, I don't know that this scenario is going to play out. It's a, it's a, it's a. The Jets long, wanted to. It's a long shot hypothetical. I guess that would be best case scenario yeah. for the Jets, and it's a good problem to have. But nonetheless, it would still be a problem. Yeah, I still think I have to give one year to Aaron Rodgers. I do too, hundred percent. If he wants to come back, even if Zach Wilson takes me to the playoffs, it's a gap year. 
it's you did a great job. We're going to evaluate it, and we're going to have you as a quarterback at that year, what, 2025 at that point, I guess, is what it would be. All right, coming up next, someone is offended by our very own Chris Canty. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio it is unsportsmanlike on espn radio presented by progressive insurance sirius xm channel 80 espnu of course the espn app 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. By the way, we do have some interesting news here, and that is that the NFLPA, the Players Association, has called for grass in all stadiums. They sent out a memo today after the Aaron Rodgers injury. CeCe, give us a minute on explaining why we have turf in some, grass in others. Is it just a financial thing? Well, I think it's up to the discretion of the owners and how they use the facilities because you got to remember these NFL stadiums are multi-purpose facilities. They have a lot of events. They have concerts, et cetera. Um, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, both did concerts this summer at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. So there are all these considerations at play. But what the NFLPA is saying is that these venues – should prioritize player health and safety because they are the chief entertainment product that will service those venues for you know uh, you know all of the events throughout the calendar year. So this is from the desk of NFLPA Executive Director Lord Howell and saying that player safety has to be prioritized and they want quality natural surfaces mm. in all NFL stadiums. Now logistics, I, I don't know how that's possible, but I was once upon a time on the leadership council with the Baltimore Ravens, and we were playing on a turf surface, and we met with owner Steve Bashotti, President Dick Cass, and then, of course, John Harbaugh, the head coach, and we as the players voted to have natural grass installed in the Raven Stadium, M&T Bank Stadium, because we felt like it was in the best interest of the players and the team moving forward. And so I think based on the study that we saw the NFLPA conduct last year, that said that the surface in MetLife Stadium posed a hazard and a risk for player safety. And then seeing what happened to Aaron Rodgers on Monday night, it feels like there's momentum Mm -hmm. toward um, trying to have this revolution of sorts when it comes to the surfaces that are around the National Football League. If the players are the product and natural grass surfaces, by and large, are safer or players are more comfortable on natural grass surfaces – 
then why would we not move toward transitioning all stadiums to natural grass? Yeah, if this is in any way contributing to injuries around the league, I think it seems like a no-brainer to yeah. go ahead and make that switch. It's just the money, right? I mean, that's really what it is. And, and it's the wear and tear, and that's probably why they do it. Right? But, I mean, the players are the product. Think about how much money Rand Rodgers represents if the Jets 100%. have the season that they were anticipating this year. Absolutely. It's not their right? stadium, though. That's one of the problems, right? It's kind of re- Isn't it more the Giants stadium than it is no, the well, Jets? Well, they shared it. It's, it was a yeah. joint venture. They both put in money toward it. But here's my point. If it's two teams splitting the bill on changing it to a grass surface, wouldn't that make it easier? They got the money. They got the that's what I'm saying. They got the money. Every team's got the money. They've got the money. This is the NFL. They've got the money. With all of the new revenue streams coming on with these tech companies jumping into the NFL for streaming rights, it's absolutely ridiculous. We also learned today, by the way, uh, two things uh, about one about Michelle and one about Chris. We learned that Michelle is part of a book club. She has a book club that she organizes, and we put it out there at Evco Radio over under one and a half books read a year, uh, 59.8 under. So people really? are like us, Cece. They're, okay. they're not reading too much. Not that I'm uh, encouraging not reading. Reading is it sounds cool. Like, yeah. It sounds like <laughs> if you get pizza, read. All the cool and things. Evan Cohen says reading is lame. <laughs> yeah. Jump on the train. All the you know what's better? Are. Listening and watching yeah. to us every single morning than reading. Um, the other thing is we learned that Cece thinks I was really a big-time football player because I played high school quarterback, and he doesn't think that kickers and punters are real football players. Let's talk with Keith in South Dakota on 102.3 there. What's up, Keith? Hey, so what if your outside linebacker is also your kicker, which I was in college? Football player. Then that counts. Then He's a football Keith. player. Okay, so all other punters. I, I agree with kickers. I agree with you on the kickers. Can't stand them. But punters, I believe, are people and players. Yeah, but you gave a massive caveat, Keith. You said you were a linebacker. You knew that Canty was going to say you're a player. A guy played defensive line in the league for a decade plus. Exactly. I, I don't understand that. Like, you can't have the caveat. Like, a lot of high school programs, you have guys play multiple positions, right? I played both ways in high school. You played both ways in high school. You're laughing as you're saying. He's looking at <laughs> me, laughing. He's like, you put, like, I started a quarterback at defensive end. That, that comment in general makes this man laugh. Just the concept of that. But I'm just saying, so if you were your high school kicker and you were all also a linebacker than you were a football player. My point is, if you were only the kicker, you're only the long snapper, you are only a specialist, you are not a football player, even though you are a member of the team. Joe in New York on 1160 AM listening to us here on Unsportsmanlike. What's up, Joe? Hi, guys. I don't understand the comment she made about this goodwill with Aaron Rodgers. Where was he for 18 years in Green Bay? It seems like he just seems to show up at the beginning of camp, stirs up a little, you know, productivity and smiles and all that i don't understand it and now all of a sudden i just heard the breaking news now because aaron Rodgers got hurt on artificial turf they're going to change things now i asked mr canty this has been going on for years and all of a sudden because aaron Rodgers gets hurt and now he becomes the face of the change of the turf i don't get this well yeah, i mean listen it sucks and players have been complaining about it for years but there has been no player in no franchise that has been more in the headlines than the New York Jets. Everybody was excited about what the Jets are going to be. The Jets still have five standalone games remaining on their schedule. Think about that. Coming into a season, they had six primetime games. Not to mention this was a team on hard knocks. We were all excited to see the New York Jets. So if this is the thing that pushes it over the top as a former player, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they're going to change it. The fact of, the fact of the matter is when things happen to the quarterback, that 
end up becoming the impetus for change with the NFL. Think about the quarterback strike zone rule and rules around protecting the quarterback. That started in 2008 with your guy Tom Brady when Bernard Pollard barreled into his knee in week one. Nobody wanted to see that after an undefeated regular season. So I'm not shocked that Aaron Rodgers getting hurt would spurn change when it comes to the playing surfaces in the NFL. And she has a name, and it's Michelle Smallman, Joe, and you can use that name because she ain't going nowhere. So get used to it. Get no, used no, to it. Where? She ain't she. She's Michelle Smallman, okay? Exactly. And she's part of Unsportsmanlike, and she's going to be here every damn day. So get used to it. Learn her name. Know her name. Greeny is coming up next. We are on to Thursday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.